0: Welcome to our episode on making the most of super. Before we begin, a short disclaimer that the information contained in this podcast is general in nature. It does not take into consideration your personal objectives, financial situation or needs. So in New South Wales, we're almost out of lockdown as we record this. And when it's released, we'll be free the next day.
1: I know that's exciting.
0: It is really exciting.
1: But we do have to say that we hope everyone in Victoria and the ACT gets out soon as well.
0: Exactly, yeah.
1: And, you know, the question is, is this going to be the end of picnicking? Or mm. do you think picnicking... Do you think
0: we're all picnicked out?
1: Yeah, I don't know. We picnicked together on Saturday.
0: We did. So it was very nice.
1: I threw you a picnic. The, the PPP picnic... <laughs> The promotion <laughs> pandemic picnic, yeah. Um, obviously to celebrate your promotion, which we talked about was, before.
0: Yeah, it was very very nice. Mark got all my favorite things. He got me my favorite drinks, some really nice cakes from a new bakery that just opened in Sydney that I love, and um, some cheese from a cello, which is a great cheese shop, which you can order online if you'd like to. Um,
1: are you now? Are you hoping for some sort of like endorsement? Better, yeah, yeah better like chello. you,
0: <laughs> like you wanted an endorsement from the Fitbin. Exactly. Should we talk about the Fitfin? Because I know that you've got some anxiety about this.
1: What, what do I have anxiety
0: about? Because <laughs> gyms are opening back up on well, Monday. Well, yes, no. And now you've got to break up with your personal trainer.
1: Well, I don't know. I don't know. I yeah. You you told me, you told me that you've broken up with like twelve personal trainers yeah. and you've ghosted them. So. And you've ghosted them all.
0: Yeah, yeah. So well, no, I've just sent them very Abrupt. I've broken up with them over text message, which I guess isn't very nice, but no. I can do the same for you. I can offer you my services.
1: Okay. Well, that's nice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um the other thing that we have going on is just on on Saturday, mm-hmm. was it Saturday or Sunday? Saturday, we hit a major milestone for investing compass. Mm-hmm. And I have planned for you and Will, and Will's of course our producer. A celebration for this milestone.
0: Which is a surprise, and I hate surprises, but Mark continues to throw them.
1: Yeah, but the last time we had a surprise, we had a good day. Mm-hmm. Korean barbecue. Bowling. Bowling. We went to visit a psychic. <laughs> we met Will's friends. So who knows what will what happen the with this one. What
0: the next one brings, exactly it.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. you want to get into it?
0: Okay, so today our topic is a big one. It's how to make the most of Super, and it's the first of a two-part series. Superannuation in Australia became compulsory in 1992 under the Keating government under a set of broader reforms that looks at tackling the problem of retirement income for an aging population.
1: We won't spend too much time on the history of super because this episode is focused on making the most of it today. What I will say, though, is that central to the idea of super and key to understanding its place in your investment strategy is to understand that the sole purpose of super is to provide you with retirement income. It can have some peripheral benefits like providing for first-time homebuyers, which is not without its controversy, but in this episode, we're going to focus purely on using it as a strategy for providing retirement income, which of course is its original purpose.
0: And when we look at why Super was implemented, it was to shift the burden of age pension and welfare onto the individual. Instead of assuming that you will receive an age pension, now you have compulsory contributions towards supporting yourself. There were a few implications for us through this shift. As well as the responsibility of providing for yourself in your later years, you're also responsible for deciding how much you need to save for retirement and managing and earning the returns needed to get there, whether that's choosing professional managers or doing it yourself. This is why it's so incredibly important to be engaged with your finances and your super. You could be supporting yourself with your retirement savings for around four decades, around the same as a typical working life.
1: And remember that retirement income is just income replacement. You want to replace the income that you were making at your job in a way that will allow you to live comfortably, whatever that means to you. And part of this is your preference, which of course differs person to person, but circumstances are also a determinant. The baseline income needed in retirement would be different for someone living in Sydney compared to maybe somebody living in Brizzy.
0: One of the largest consequences of this shift is managing longevity risk. Longevity risk is one of the biggest financial risks that people face in retirement, and it's a risk of outliving your savings. As we mentioned, a person might work from 20 till 60 for 40 years and then live 40 years. How do you prepare for that? How do you decide how much is going to sustain you through those years?
1: So this is a good place to start, and that's deciding how much you need in retirement. And there's plenty of different studies that show what a comfortable retirement or a minimal retirement looks like. The best known is a guide by the Association of Superannuation Funds of Australia, or ASFA, So ASFA estimates that the lump sum needed at retirement to support a comfortable lifestyle is $640,000 for a couple and $545,000 for a single person. This assumes a partial age pension and that you own your own home outright, meaning no mortgage left. And what this translates into for a single person is $44,400 a year or $850 a week, $63,000 a year for a couple or $1,203 a week. And we spoke about this briefly before, but the lifestyle you want to live in retirement differs person to person. So we talked about the cost of living in different states may be different. I may want to travel overseas frequently in my retirement. Others might want to travel interstate to visit family. I might be paying rent every week and others might have a house that's been paid off. So there are just so many different variables, circumstances, and costs It means that you can't really standardize this number and expect a good outcome.
0: And we don't love rules of thumb on Investing Compass, since we encourage people to understand investing and personal finance so that you can come up with the right approach for you.
1: Yeah, right. We don't want lemmings here, right? So we want people to actually think. And that's why we've created the Investing Compass Retirement Spreadsheet. Copyright. Yeah, exactly. I I named that myself Um, because, you know, who doesn't love spreadsheets? I know you love spreadsheets, Mm Sharkey, for example. So. When thinking about retirement, a good approach is to think about, as we said before, the replacement rate. The replacement rate is the amount of your salary you're trying to replace with retirement savings or withdrawals from your super account. So a replacement rate of 100% means that your retirement accounts are replacing 100% of your salary.
0: And many people quote 70% as a replacement rate, which assumes that in your retirement you aren't paying taxes or contributing to retirement accounts. At a 100K salary, that works out to be about right. After super comes out and after taxes, you get about 70K in your take home pay. Because of progressive marginal tax rates, if you go up to 150K, then all of a sudden your take home is 98K, which is 65% of your salary. If you make less than 100K, the percentage of take home is higher. Remember, when it comes to retirement savings and replacement rate, a graduated marginal tax code is actually your friend. So you can model this yourself by just thinking about your salary and then seeing how much actually shows up in your bank account or by using a tax calculator like paycalculator.com.au.
1: Yes. Yesterday, Shani described paycalculator.com.au as your ride or die. Yeah. yeah.
0: I have I have a student loan. I have HEX. So I work out all of my tax. Liability through paycalculator.com and it'll help me budget. So.
1: Yeah, exciting times. But <laughs> anyway, the first question you need to ask is how much of that after tax and after retirement savings salary are you going to replace? And of course I can't answer that for anyone, but I will say that I expect my early retirement to be to cost more than um my after tax after retirement salary, because I'll have time to travel and I'll have time to spend more money. So in general, in general, you should think about retirement in stages because you will likely spend more money earlier in your retirement when you were still younger and more active and less money later in retirement when a good day might be remembering to take your pills and not falling over in the shower.
0: <laughs> Is that a good day for you now? Wow. <laughs> Um, Yeah, that's a pretty lovely description of retirement. But as Mark said, it is up to you to think about how a replacement rate for your own salary is. Um, But we're going to turn to the Investing Compass Retirement Spreadsheet and use some assumptions. The first assumption is that we are going for a 100% replacement rate of our post-tax and post-saving salary. It's also really important to look at taxes as part of any scenario. In this case, we assume taxes of 15% on your super contributions that go into your account. As for the taxes on capital gains and income generated by your super, we'll just take 10% of your yearly return. That 10% represents the discounted rate on longer-term capital gains in a super account. So we will reduce the return by 10% per year there, and we'll take out half a percent a year to account for fees. Those can be account admin fees and transaction fees or anything else you pay. Again, this will vary by your investment approach and the way that your super is invested. So Mark, with these assumptions baked in, why don't you go through a couple of scenarios?
1: Okay. So the first scenario is that you start your career at 22 years old and you make an annual salary of $58,635. Now that's very specific, but that in fact is the average salary for an Australian between the ages of 21 and 34. So if we take out nine and a half percent for super and you're paying a 15% tax on that, that means you'll contribute $4,734 a year to super when you're 22. Now, the assumption is that you'll earn a salary and save continually until you're 65 years old, and the assumption is that that salary increases 2% a year, which of course would mean that your super contribution increases 2% a year because we're keeping that steady retirement contribution. We are assuming that you earn an 8% return on your super, but as we said before, we've reduced that by 10% for taxes and another half a percent for fees. That means you earn an after-tax and after-fee return of 6.7%. So, Shani, why don't you walk through where we end up with this scenario?
0: Yeah, so the good news is that at retirement, you would have a super balance of $1.5 million. The bad news is, of course, this doesn't take inflation into account. But we are looking at salary replacement here. So the assumption is that your salary has kept up with inflation. If it didn't, you would be worse off in real terms. And if your salary exceeded inflation, you would be better off. Now, because your salary has grown by 2% a year, you now make $137,392 a year. To figure out a replacement rate, we need to settle on a withdrawal rate or how much you would take out of your portfolio each year while not running out of money before you die. We cover this in our 4% episode, but this is also a number that's very specific to you. We are going to assume 4% here though for this model, and that means that your withdrawal rate from your portfolio will be $60,262 a year. And that compares to a salary of $137,000 a year, which gives you a replacement rate of just below 44%.
1: Yeah, and that's that's not very good. Now, perhaps you would get the age pension, which helps with that. Perhaps you're not paying any housing expenses, as ASFA assumes. But let's just look at super here. 44% is probably next to impossible to live off of if you don't make dramatic changes in your life. So what would it take to get it up to that 70% replacement rate we're looking at? Well, we've got two options. We can save more or we can get a higher return. If we save more, we need to start at 15% of our salary at 22 for your whole life to make it to 70%. If we look at higher returns, given the same tax and fee assumptions, you would need to make a return of 8.41% after taxes and fees instead of 6.72%. So despite what you might think after the last few years, That is a high average return for a portfolio, which is likely to get more conservative as time passes.
0: I think the lesson here is that there are a lot of assumptions that go into any retirement scenario, and you need to think about your life and approach to finances. I ran one more scenario here because I think it's important to consider the conversations that I've had with my friends. To decide that you're going to take your finances seriously at 22 is unusual. So many 22-year-olds don't run this scenario and think about how 10% isn't enough. Many 22-year-olds take gaps in their employment when they're younger. Many 22-year-olds are in two conservative options and don't have a chance to earn a 6.7% return, let alone an 8.41% return. Many people choose to take their money out of super, given the provisions during COVID.
1: Okay, so given your experiences and the conversations you've had, what do you think is fair here, Shani?
0: Yeah, so let's assume that a 30-year-old has half as much super as we modeled in this scenario – given a combination of these factors. So under saving, gaps in employment, or being too conservative in asset allocation choices. In this scenario, you are 30, you make just over 70K a year, and you have a little over 42K in your super fund.
1: And that 42,000 in your super fund isn't too far off from the average super balance at 30, which is $46,000. So we're in the ballpark here. So Mm -hmm. how does this work out, Sharni?
0: Well, you get a replacement rate of 38.6% now, which is Not great. To get to 70%, you need to save 21% of your salary, or you can earn a return of 10.69%.
1: Right. And these are all simplistic examples because, as we said, everyone is different. But this is something to think about when you're thinking about your own retirement. Ultimately, though, the concept is the same as how we use the time value of money for constructing portfolios and goals outside of your super. You have a starting goal, your current balance. You have an end goal. That's what you want to achieve. And that, of course, is the lump sum that you're going to live off of. And this lump sum is based on the yearly income that you draw down, considering inflation and expected returns. And it's worth saying that ultimately, none of this is a perfect exercise in predicting your retirement needs, because you do not fully know them yet, right? You don't know what you'll know then. So chronic illness, large repairs, grandchildren, housing costs, general expenses, all of these things can happen. But you're using this as a yardstick a starting point that will allow you to aim towards an ever-changing goal.
0: And I think what we've spoken about really just illustrates that although we might save 10% of our income each and every year, we're living in our retirement for almost the same amount of time or more, and it's just not enough to maintain the same standard of living that you had during your working life. So what's the solution for this? There are a few levers you can pull, and they are the same as outside of super, but with one major difference, tax concessions, which makes one option more attractive than outside of super. So the levers that you have are more time, a more aggressive allocation, or more savings. And we're talking about savings. This is where we explore why the super environment is the best way for most people to invest for their retirement.
1: Morningstar Premium is designed to help you reach your investing goals. Our coverage spans over 50,000 securities and 2,000 funds and ETFs. Sign up to a four-week free trial
0: through the link in the episode notes to access our global equity best ideas for our top picks across borders. Find shares with sustainable, above-average dividend payouts and the best opportunities at
1: home with five-star Aussie stocks. A Morningstar Premium subscription includes a Shareside Investor Plan, allowing you to track all of your investment holdings in one place. and Take advantage of Sharesite’s investment performance and tax reporting that has been built specifically for the needs of self-directed investors. If you love premium after your four-week trial and choose to subscribe, your subscription may be tax-deductible if you derive income from the share market. Sign up for a free trial today. So super is extremely tax effective. Contributions to your superannuation fund are taxed at 15%, going up to 30% once the income and concessional contributions exceed $250,000. Regardless of the tax rate, it is still lower than your marginal tax rate outside of super. Those on lower incomes get a lower income super tax offset or a listo, to ensure that this remains true. The tax benefits that this translates to varies depending upon your marginal tax rate. Excluding the tax-free threshold, the tax benefit varies from a minimum of 17% for those earning $250,000 and over to 34% for those earning between 180 dollars and $250,000. To work out the benefit that you would receive, you can just find your marginal tax rate and subtract 15% from that. On top of this, earnings on your super are taxed at 15% instead of your marginal tax rate. So as you accumulate and compound your retirement savings, you continue to benefit from a lower tax on your earnings.
0: The good news just gets better when you head into retirement. You open a separate type of account to draw income, which is called an account-based pension. And for most people, it can be opened when you are over 60. The account is taxed at 0%. You can have up to $1.7 million in this account at that rate, but we'll come back to retirement. Let's focus on your super account, also known as your accumulation account. There are different types of contributions that can can go into this account, and the two main umbrellas are concessional and non-concessional.
1: When we spoke about that 15% tax rate, there was a condition to that. There is a cap on how much you can contribute per year at that tax rate. And as of 2019-2020 financial year, you can carry forward your unused contributions on a rolling five-year basis. This cap currently sits at $27,500 per year for everyone. So concession contributions include any employer contributions that are made. So if you earn $100,000 and your employer contributes $10,000, you'll still have $17,500 left to the cap to use in that financial year. Over five years, you would have $87,500 left if you haven't used any of it.
0: So, to supplement your employer's contributions, there are a couple of ways that you can take advantage and make additional contributions. The first is salary sacrifice, and the most common. Salary sacrifice can be arranged through your payroll and is paid with pre-tax funds. Upon entry to your super, the funds are taxed at 15%. This suits people that have a known surplus, and they can comfortably put the funds away each paycheck. The other way that you can do it is just make one-off or regular payments after tax, and claim a tax deduction at the end of the financial year. There's something called an S290 form, which you can get from your super fund. An S290 form is a notice of intent to claim a deduction, and it just varies your post-tax contributions to a concessional contribution.
1: Salary sacrifice is a great way to take advantage of the tax concessions. Let's go through an example of how you can tax efficiently invest for your retirement. So say that I'm earning $100,000 and I have $800 to spare each month, which I decide to salary sacrifice. That's a total of $9,600 a year. Post-tax, my take-home pay will be $69,813 a year, as opposed to $75,813 if I didn't salary sacrifice. So I'm taking home $6,000 less after tax a year. When I look at my super for the year, my employer contributes 10%, so $10,000, and I contribute $9,600, both taxed at 15%. That leaves my net contributions at $16,660 for the year. If I didn't salary sacrifice, I would just have that $10,000 that drops to $8,500 after the 15% tax rate. So the net difference is about $2,160, which means that I am paying this much less in taxes because of my additional contributions to super. And don't forget that my investment earnings or on my contributions that I made are now getting taxed at 15% instead of my marginal tax rate. So let's move on to the second one. So these are non-concessional contributions. And this is just an after-tax contribution. There's no tax deduction on this one, but you'll still be getting 15% on earnings when it's sitting inside of your super instead of at your marginal tax rate. Your non-concessional contribution limit is $100,000 a year, or up to three times that if you're under the age of 67 with the bring forward rule. And the bring forward rule means that you can bring forward unused contributions from the past three years, meaning you could potentially put in $300,000 in certain circumstances. And this might suit investors who have lump sum investments to make, such as an inheritance, sale of business, sale of a house, or any other large asset.
0: Okay. So those are the types of contributions that you can make as you accumulate. MoneySmart have a few tools that can help you decide how much you might want to contribute to your super. A superannuation optimizer tool that focuses on maximizing your tax benefit, and a retirement planning tool that allows you to see how much you'll end up with in super in retirement once you've input your situation and your variables. Then, if you're not on track to reach your goal, you're able to adjust these variables.
1: We've talked through goals and the different amounts you need to save, and the next step is looking at asset allocation. So, asset allocation is really critical to your overall returns.
0: But it's also worth mentioning that there are two main structures in which your super can sit their superannuation funds, and their self-managed super funds, or SMSFs. The number of SMSFs has started rising. We're starting to see workers who have had super for all or the majority of their career now building large balances and wanting more control over their assets. And this is not surprising. The financial services industry does have a reputation for not always acting in the interests of their consumers. In an assessment of my super products, and my super products came in at about 2012 to make super less complex for investors. They're simple, cost-effective, and in a balanced allocation. It's the default option for investors who do not make a choice to ensure they're not being put in a high fee option. So, in a study of my super products, super consumers found that 69% of documents were overwhelmingly hard to find on websites. Funds made up their own target investment return metric to satisfy their assessments. And 24% of funds broke down how they worked in their best interests of members.
1: But SMSFs are not right for everyone. So even though that didn't sound great, Johnny no. <laughs> um, that assessment, it is important to say that SMSFs are not for everyone. First, they have flat fees attached to them, like accountants' fees and administration costs, which make it not make sense for people with smaller balances. And if you don't have a financial planner actively managing it, which of course is another cost, it is pretty hands-on for you as an investor. And the time it takes and the admin that's involved is something you have to carefully consider. So of course the structure works for a lot of investors that do have the capacity and the interest to invest for themselves. And after a certain super balance, the fees start to make a lot of sense. In fact, on average, self-managed super funds have a smaller gross fee and administrative cost than most super funds. But if SMSFs are not for you, then you need to of course choose a super fund. And we don't rate super funds here at Morningstar, but we can what we can provide is a framework similar to what we use to evaluate managed funds and ETFs outside of super that can provide some clarity around what you should be considering.
0: So first, let's get the admin out of the way. The first is taking stock of your super. How many accounts do you have? One in four of us have multiple super accounts, and it's easy to see why. Every time you move to a new job, if you do not nominate a fund with your employer, it means that they will deposit your super into their chosen default fund. We'll discuss fees in a moment, but having multiple accounts means that you're paying multiple sets of fees and charges and can dwindle your balance down to nothing over a long time period, especially if you have insurances attached to the account. There are a few ways to check how many super accounts you have, but the easiest way is by logging into MyGov. If your super fund has your TFN attached to it, the ATO is going to know about it, so it'll be connected to your account.
1: Okay, so we, we mentioned insurance. So it's important for everyone to make sure you look at your insurance. So default assur- insurance can be applied to your account if you're above the age of 25, which if your insurance levels are not right for you and your circumstances can be pretty detrimental to your super balance.
0: Yeah, so there are several different types of insurance that can be assigned to your superannuation account when you, where you will be p- paying premiums. So there's life insurance, salary continuance, and total and permanent disability or TPD. Depending on your needs and circumstances, all or none may be relevant to you at that stage of your life. For example, I don't have any dependents that rely on me and my employer offers my life insurance out of Super, so I cancelled my life insurance. If i had continued on with my life insurance in Super, I would have been overinsured because I have no outstanding financial responsibilities if something happened to me. Otherwise, it would have cost me hundreds of dollars a year in unnecessary premiums. If you're unsure of your insurance needs, MoneySmart, a government agency website, has an interactive calculator to give you guidance on whether you may need to consider life insurance. And I used to work at a fund manager and I saw how a combination of both of these situations over insurance and multiple accounts would hurt investor outcomes. You'd have investors who might have worked with an employer for a couple of years, moved to another employer and didn't let payroll know about their existing account. So they'd just open another one. The insurances over time would just run the account down to zero and they'd be insured twice through both accounts. So it's a simple check that'll make sure that you're preserving your balance when it could have a huge impact on your outcomes in the long run.
1: Okay. So we want to talk about beneficiaries Mm -hmm. as well. And so there's a lot of stuff that we need to talk about, but also it's important your beneficiaries know (laughs) that that you've selected them, right? So we should do that so you can lord it over them. Yeah, exactly. And then change it frequently if (laughs) they upset you. But for many people, this is important, my joking aside. So for many people, super is likely your biggest or second biggest asset. And it's important to make sure that you have a valid nomination for where your funds go if you die. Personally, I'm apparently going to die in three years, so I should get on this, right, Johnny? So there are two types of nominations for superannuation. There's binding and non-binding. So binding nominations means that as long as your nomination is valid, you have the final say in who gets your super in the event of your death. So binding nominations can be lapsing or non-lapsing. Non-lapsing is valid until death, but lapsing is the most common. It means that it expires every three years And this is done because there's room for circumstances to change. You might make a nomination, and then 20 years later, you might have children, you might be married, you might be divorced. There's just a range of possibilities, and a lapsing nomination expires to account for that. So it isn't set in stone forever. Once it does lapse and you don't renew it, it turns into a non-binding nomination, which is a strong suggestion as to where you would like your death benefit paid.
0: All right, so we've gone through the admin and laid the groundwork by understanding the different types of contributions and why focusing on super is important to live a comfortable retirement. Our next episode is a bit media. It'll go through the framework on how to evaluate super funds and the mechanics of retirement.
1: All right, another two part series. Mm-hmm. We didn't we mention... said we'd
0: stop doing this,
1: but I know <laughs> we I couldn't know. resist exactly. But anyway, thank you guys. I hope uh, I hope this dive into super has been helpful. Once again, if anybody leaves us a comment. Or rating, and would like to go to our conference at a heavily discounted ticket in the beginning of February. Please just email me. My email address is in the episode notes, and look at um, the episode notes. We do have a link mm-hmm. that goes to our website that has a lot of the material that we're talking about today, and we'll talk about in the next episode that comes out next week. Mm-hmm. So, thank you guys for joining. We, uh, we hope that everyone in New South Wales is excited about getting out of lockdown and once again, that everyone that's still in lockdown will get out soon. Any advice in this podcast is general advice or regulated financial advice under New Zealand law prepared by Morningstar Australasia Proprietary Limited and or Morningstar Research Limited, without reference to your financial objectives, situations or needs. You should consider the advice in light of these matters and any relevant product disclosure statement before making any decision to invest. To obtain advice for your own situation, contact a financial advisor.